welcome to What I Would Have Missed. I'm Julie Rocco and I'm your host. What I Would Have Missed is being launched as a platform for individuals affected by suicide attempt and ideation to reflect on moments and memories we would have missed if our lives ended. My wish is that our stories will offer hope to those who are hurting and be a reminder to those who are healing that happiness is possible. Collectively, we are a light at the end of the tunnel. May this be a lighthouse for you. We will open by honoring an individual that has been lost to suicide. Alan Rodriguez, dear son, this month you would have turned 33 years. Wish you were here so I could see what you have accomplished with your life. Left us too soon, 10 years next month. Miss you with every heartbeat. Love you more. Mom. Hi, good afternoon. I'd like to welcome Scott to what I would have missed. Scott, will you please introduce yourself to our podcast listeners? Hi, Julie. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, my name is Scott. I am white, heterosexual, male, married, two kids, a dog, business professional, active in my community. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much, I think, sums it up for the type of person that I am, or if there's anyone out there that might be able to relate to me and my story. Awesome. And talked about what I would have missed and the journey of hope, healing, and happiness that what I would have missed captures for individuals. If you don't mind sharing in this moment today, when you woke up and thought about, man, I would have missed out on this. What came to mind initially? So much for me. It's been 18 years, my entire life in Florida, my entire professional life, getting married, having children, paddle boarding. I've learned how to paddle board and explore the waters in Florida. I ride my skateboard with our dog and she pulls me down the road and I do that almost daily, which is awesome. Writing, reading, uh, music is a big part of my life, whether I'm trying to create something or just listen to music or attend a live show. It's really hard hard to, to summarize it briefly uh, without leaving out like some really cool stuff, I'm sure. But it, it's my entire adult life I think of that I would have missed. All of my most of my 20s, 30s, and now halfway through my 40s. That's quite a span. It's almost a couple decades that you're referencing you would have missed. So do you mind taking us back a couple decades when you were willing to let go of life? Yeah, 2001. And I know it was 2001 because it was 9-11-2001. Everyone wants, you know, thinks about where they were if they're of a certain age. And I was in the hospital. And over the years until now, I've always had to kind of lie a little bit uh, because I, was, I didn't want to really openly share the story with others until I feel like I'm ready now. And I was in the hospital because of my first true manic episode as a bipolar individual, someone diagnosed as bipolar. And I found myself a little bit lost, ended up in the hospital. 
But I, I remember, you know, driving from home to work and back. And I, would, I used to drive like as slow as I could because I knew that when I got to my destination, I was going to feel lonely and unhappy. And that went on for months and months, thinking that my family and anyone else that I was losing my life would be better off without me. And uh, even with the history of my family and some of the experiences, knowing, looking back and the impact that that can make on others. You mentioned 9-11. When you mentioned that, are you referencing when when I recall where I was during 9-11, I'm able to freely share that because there's no stigma attached to where I was in that moment. Are you referencing that during 9-11, you were in the hospital. And so in the context of those social conversations, you are hesitant to share where you were during that moment. Yeah. And to, to sort of not screw up as much, I usually said I was in the hospital because I had surgery on my shoulder, which is true. It was just not at that time. Um, that's usually would be my go-to. I've guarded this for a long time. I've thought about writing a book. I've thought about how can I share my story? And I just feel like the timing of your brave podcast here and where I am in life, that I'm ready to share this story in hopes of helping others that may be experiencing, have experienced or are experiencing something similar. And part of your story is the dot, 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 and the hope, healing, and happiness after those moments that you spent in a hospital because of an attempted suicide. Can you tell us about the dot, dot, dot of your life, these decades that maybe when you're in the hospital bed, it's like, man, what am I letting go of in order to reach for something more in my life? Talk about that journey. It It was a long journey. You know, I ended up after that happened, my girlfriend and I agreed that the relationship wasn't working for a number of reasons. And um, luckily, my mom was able to take me in to her condo. She took me in, but it took forever for me to get off the couch. You know, I feel very fortunate to have her in my life. Finally, I got the gaw to get a job and kind of slowly chip away, you know, see a doctor. It took a long time for the meds and for myself and for things to sort of start to align for me to feel like I even had a meaningful life post that event. But, you know, I ended up meeting a best friend at one of the jobs that I had. He is the godfather of my children. When I think about meaningful relationships, what I would have missed. And he, he's been there and I've been there for him and he's been there for me through, through all the ups and downs since then. So I feel like it's been a long journey. I've had so much happiness and success over the last decade uh, that I, I almost felt like, wow, I'm, I'm really lucky. I, you know, I'm all, sometimes I'm almost afraid to be too happy or express too much joy because I know that around the corner could be a bad day or a horrific thing that could happen to me or people I love because things like that happen in the world. I, I've slowly learned to sort of not be like that and uh, allow my wife to be happy. Sometimes we're both so happy. And I'm like, I'll say something. She had to tell me one day, she's like, why can't you just let us be happy? Because I'm always trying to be even keel. I'm afraid that if I'm too happy, there could be a crash, Uh, not with just me emotionally, but just losing sight of staying firm and grounded and in control, I think of, of life. And so part of the process of living life, I think is letting go and, allowing yourself to love and, and to know that there could be loss there, but that's, that's the spark of life. What has 
gotten you to the point where you know, Scott, you deserve that joy and you deserve that spark of life. How do you know that? You know, I think it's through the relationships that I have built, the time that people have taken to listen to me. And as I've matured, the time I've taken to listen to others and genuinely showing appreciation, you know, people that that are really close to me and I'm really close to them. I, I never would have dreamed that I could have had such a deep connection with so many people. And certainly even with my family and, and wife, like I didn't know how deep love can be and how rewarding it, it is. It's an amazing feeling. And I think that for people that don't feel that love now, it may seem impossible to attain, but it, it can happen. And it has happened for me. When you think about your future, so we've gone back a couple decades, we're here in the present, moved forward to a couple decades. What in the future are you not willing to miss? In those, as you mentioned, there are going to be hard times. Life gives us challenges. When we stay in the arena of life, we know that there will be challenges that we confront. What is it that you're not willing to miss that even through those challenges, you're not willing to let go? You will push through. What's the push through moment? that you're thinking about? It's my children, yeah. my wife, certainly my friends, my family, but my two young boys, you know, they're five and eight and they're going to go through adolescence and they're going to go through hard times, um, not just because of the family history, but just because young people go through tough times. Everybody does. And I want to be able to be there for them, to share some experiences and support them and love them so that they always know that they have a safe place to go. That's what my mom did for me. If you are talking to our listeners who do not believe that life for them is going to take a leap in the direction that yours has, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to believe? So I didn't think that I'd ever get married. I didn't think I'd ever have kids. You know, it must be a pretty normal thought for anybody who's in a bad spot and don't already have those things. Just to know that it's normal to feel sad. It's normal to feel isolated and it's normal to have negative thoughts. I started seeing a therapist and he's helped me with meditation, with understanding how the brain works a little bit to understand these thoughts and to understand he uses a therapy called ACT, ACT. Uh, there's some many books on it. It's acceptance commitment therapy. I am now becoming even more and more connected with my surroundings. Right, I get into nature and when I'm by myself in the woods or near water, I see life differently. You know, I'm not just looking at the black still water and imagining what might lurk there and the darkness that that represents, but I'm also seeing budding flowers and things being born and the cycle of life. And I feel more attached to that positive part of life that I didn't recognize for many, many years. And I think that it's, it is to kind of come back to your question, a very normal thing to not see life when you're not in a good place, but to know intellectually that it's there and we're all here together and we're all part of this wonderful life um, and this planet and, and this universe. I don't want to get too spiritual because I know everybody has different thoughts on that, but I think that also we tend to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders when we're very depressed. And it could be because of what's in the news. It could be because of something that's happened to us directly in our lives more closely to where we are. It's a shared pain. To recognize that 
it's not just you that's experiencing this pain. There are millions of people across this planet that are experiencing pain too. And uh, when we talk about it and when we share it, find others that want to help alleviate that pain. That's really powerful. It's a deep soul conversation. So I appreciate you bringing that reverberation to the conversation. And I'm curious, it seemed to me that you were really isolated in taking incremental steps to reach out to your mom, to eventually to your best friend, to the psychiatrist, to now a therapist. When is it that you know it's safe for you to reach out? What, what, has, what was created in your life that you said, I'm safe to be vulnerable, potentially considered courageous? What did it take for you to feel safe to do that? For me, talking to my mom was always an option, right? And so for people that don't have someone in their family or a really close friend that they feel that they can really connect to, I would, I would say you'd be surprised if you just picked somebody you thought has a good heart and just shared a little bit about what's going on. They would really want to try to connect and help. And there's obviously hotlines and, and, and many, many people out there. It's their vocation and their life's mission to help individuals in these circumstances. And there's thousands, if not millions of people around the world ready to open up arms and, and help. You'd said you'd be surprised at how willing people are to open up to this conversation and make space for it. Yeah. If you're talking to a listener, what do you think they need to hear in order to make that space, to feel comfortable in that space? So when I say in talking to a listener, it's it's also talking to the person who is saying, I want to help my friend. I want to help my mom. I want to help my colleague. I want to help. What do you think is that opening line someone could use to say, I'm the safe space for you? Yeah. You know, I guess when I say you'd be surprised, you know, the opening line, I think would be, can I share some thoughts with you? Maybe that would open the door. The reason I say you'd be surprised and the reason that we're even having this conversation today is I've decided over the past year or so to open up a little bit to some people that I wouldn't normally open up to in, in professional circles. People that I consider friends now after knowing them for years, but who I would never dream of sharing anything about mental health, illness, or struggle. Because I think we um, tend to, to shame ourselves. You know, we shouldn't, um, I, said, I shouldn't say we shouldn't because we do. It's a natural thing to think, I don't want to burden someone else with my problems. But guess what? You want to help others and you would if you could. And so you know, people actually have a desire to help. I think many, many people want to be helpful. They don't want to ask for help or they don't want to come off as needy, but they want to help. And so we have to take turns. And sometimes you can help and sometimes you need help. That's where I think that's where deep relationships begin. Is there something in your life that you go to? You mentioned meditation. You mentioned your spiritual journey. You mentioned therapy. What else are the tools that you've, equipped yourself with or the inspiration that you surround yourself with potentially in those moments of your own reflection and your healing and journey towards happiness what inspires you with others there's an energy in this world that we're all deeply connected to all the life around us so get a pet plant a tree you know water a plant give yourself someone else to look after even if it is a plant and nobody else has to know about it I know that part of your healing journey also has been 
reflecting on your own thoughts and how they are expressed in writing. Yeah. I'm curious, is there something that you've written that you would like to share? Yeah, actually. I've written a lot of poems. Some are just okay. Some I think are better than others. But one, there's one in particular. I wrote it in 2007. It actually preceded um, the last manic episode I had, which was in 2008. And I'll read the poem here in a minute, but I want to talk about that if I could. Of course. Because um, at that point, I had been in a professional career for, you know, about five, four years doing okay. And I ended up not, you know, I didn't take pills for a couple of years and it doesn't have an immediate impact. I had another manic episode and I ended up in the hospital and I remember everything. I mean, I remember the, the feeling a little bit out of my mind and then going into the hospital, my best friend keeping me at bay until my mom could come get me to drive me to the hospital. And then I went in an hour South. So I wouldn't hopefully see anyone that I knew. I'm still very ashamed of all this stuff. But when I came to the next morning or two days later, whatever it was, when I was able to kind of see myself, I, I sat at the table across from strangers who were also there for different reasons. And I realized that I ended up in the hospital again. And I thought all this was behind me. And I just cried, sobbed. And just sat there and just cried. And I remember this, I know she was younger than me. I think a young lady across from me. And she's like, that was beautiful. And I, I'm like, what? I'm like, this is horrible. Like, how could I be here again after all of this? So at any rate, I did write a poem and I'm, I, I've not really uh, read this out loud or I've read it myself when I'm finding myself in troubled times and I've shared it with some people that I'm close to and they've said, thank you. And so I hope it's helpful. And I've not titled it. Um, but here it goes. As the roads of time finally unwind, again I see clear, far ahead and behind. My past is true and to my heart near. I look to the future without fear. But soon the road will twist and turn into mist. The fog will lay low, visions often missed. At times like these, patience must hold strong, for the road will unwind and fall straight and long. That's such a blessing to hear your words. I, I deeply appreciate you generously sharing a piece of you that is very personal. I'm wondering, as we start to close, is there anything else about your life, about your journey that you want to share with the listener who's saying, this guy doesn't know my story. He's not me. He doesn't relate to me. What, what is it that connects you? to somebody listening who's running out of hope, who's running on empty? Why should they believe they too can experience the same joy you have now, the same future you are not willing to miss out on? That's hard because I don't know uh, when I was in my state that I would have listened either, but I think it's worth trying. And if anything, when I look at my 45 years on this earth, I feel like I've had many lifetimes different places, different people, different experiences. Some are still in my life, some aren't. Some will come, some will go. And there's more of that to come. And so what is now is not forever. And there are cycles. There are ups and there are downs and some are longer than others. And there could be a long low that makes it seem like there's no way out because the hill looks too steep to climb, but it's just one step at a time, one thought at a time. And just knowing that there is love in this world and it's there, and not always easy to find and easy to see. 
and, and you know, there is, there is no, in my experience, happy place that you find and then you remain there, right? So just trying to understand, just like a business cycle, there are ups and there are downs. There are peaks and there are troughs. There are times of excitement and there are times of stress. There are times that are tough and there are times that are worth celebrating. And, and life is like that too. So even if it doesn't feel like there's a desire to even get to that place, reaching out to others, whether it's through a phone call or a text message or whatever means to connect, that's where you start. As we close out, what are your final thoughts you want to share? I need to take this opportunity to explain that why I feel like as a business professional, I feel that it's my duty to speak out and share what people tend to label as weaknesses, um, whether it's mental health, mental illness, depression, bipolar, there's a million words people throw out there. I think more people need to hopefully speak out about this and share it so it's not so taboo because the stigma is powerful. I had reservations even doing this, to be honest, and uh, but I'm okay with that because if I can help one other person, then it was worth it. And so I think that hopefully, you know, that I'm one person telling one story, but I hope that more and more people can talk about mental health as it relates to physical health and spiritual health and wellness and the whole body. And you can't just ignore one and pay attention to the other. So I think there's fear, right? What are others going to think about? Is my career at risk? Hopefully heal ourselves and each other and, um, and normalize this stuff. Scott, I'm wondering, there is somebody listening that is in a dark place in their life and they do not have the ability to hold on to hope. What would you want to say to that individual that's pondering letting go? Even though I'm in a better place now, I'm still that same person that was in, in the situation that you find yourself in now. And I'll say that you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders and so did I and so do we that experience this. And so then we're the ones who can reach out and help others through empathy because we've been there. We often talk about walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah. We have walked that mile. Yes. To think about the, the idea of th that was me then, but it's always us. That's yes. the, we don't separate ourselves. Chapter 10, chapter 12, chapter 15. It's still our story. Right. No matter how far we, we get and Quite frankly, I met you in chapter 40-ish, <laughs> and it's amazing to be able to read the, the book backwards. You gave me that privilege. You just shared the book backwards. Yeah. Often, it's a part of our lives that we don't want anyone to reread. And exactly. so the gift that you're, you're offering, the courage that you are sharing the chapters of the book that many discard. Yeah, I think I hope, it, I hope, I hope it's a healing process. I can feel from my experience that it already has been. Thank you very much, Scott. I appreciate you sharing your journey of hope, healing, and happiness. We both would have missed this conversation. I'm grateful to have it. Thank you, Julie. I'm grateful for you and this initiative and your mission. It's uh, admirable. I want to close out this podcast encouraging anyone who is hurting and considering harming yourself, please call 988 if you are in the United States. It is the National Suicide Lifeline. Again, that's 988. Also, please take 
a moment to load 988 into your phone. Research reveals this one simple act of storing the number in your phone can save a life. Encourage your family, friends, colleagues, and neighbors to do the same. If you are outside the United States, please take the time to become familiar with your local resources. If you would like to share your story or honor a loved one you have lost to suicide, please reach out to whatiwouldhavemissed.com or email me directly at whatiwouldhavemissed111 at gmail.com. If you would like to financially support what I would have missed, you may use these same forms of communication or directly Venmo support to at what I would have missed. I will close out the podcast with music created by my son, Nick. The music you hear was created by him, and I would have missed his creativity had I died by suicide. I'm grateful and happy to share his music with you now.